two English majors walk into a bar is created by immature adults for other immature adults. Listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Two English Majors Walk Into a Bar, a literary comedy podcast. I'm Kathleen Brumbach. And I'm Christian Lutz. I would definitely do opium with Oscar Wilde. I would get arrested with Oscar Wilde. (laughs) Worth it. People used to tell me I talked about books too much. And now you drink about books. (laughs) Is it time to get lit? Let's get lit. Christian. (laughs) First of all, we have to start out with it's so fucking hot. So Chicago is a nice 75 degrees today. Um, It was like 90 yesterday, but today is great. I hate each and every one of you. (laughs) The whole city of Chicago. If you've been in New York City for the past like five days, it feels like walking through hot soup outside. It's so hot. It's so muggy. And And you have an air quality warning right now. Yeah, you can't breathe the air. And there's like gnats everywhere. The gnats are not in Harlem, though. They're not. I haven't seen like a single bug issue in Harlem, but I uh, I was bougie and I went to a berries class on the Upper West Side and there's gnats everywhere. You breathe in the gnats. I don't know what a berries class is, but I'm sorry about the gnats. It's like a workout class. Okay. They're plaguing the people of like the Upper West Side. I think the Upper East Side as well. They're plaguing all of them. So if you live between <laughs> like 59th Street and 110th Street, that's your what problem. What did you do? Right. right. What did you do to cause like an apocalyptic event? <laughs> Something to do oh, yeah. with global warming, probably. Exactly. So yeah, it's hot. I also don't have AC in my apartment. I'm getting it tomorrow. They have to come in and install it tomorrow. And I've been living for like five days in this insane heat. I've dying. been dying. Yeah, I'm actually dying of heat stroke. I'm, I have all the signs. If Kathleen suddenly stops talking, we all know why. Exactly. I've got a <laughs> fan going on me. I've got like a little towel, a cold towel around my neck. I've got lots of water, but I'm still dying. And so I texted Christian this morning and I was like, okay, we have to do something that is specifically about burning in hell. And because it's me, I was like, well... Which one of them should I do? Do we do Paradise Lost? Do we do Faustus? I've got a whole Rolodex. I have a list <laughs> of hell-related content. So, yeah, that's how we landed where we landed. And who are we, Christian? I forgot who we are. <laughs> She's so hot, she can't remember. <laughs> we are two English majors walk into a bar. Oh, no. Oh, no. I did it wrong. We'll edit it out. We'll edit it out. Okay, I'll, I'll start it. I'll start it okay, this time. Okay. I'm tired. We are two English majors. Walk into a bar. A literary comedy podcast. Yay. It only takes seven tries. Yeah. Someday we'll get it right. I, I think I'm getting a little hot in here. I have to take off my sweater. Fucking <laughs> See, we're, we're going to talk about all the fucking circles of hell. And we're going to talk about the one that you're supposed to be in, Christian. <laughs> the one I belong in. Yeah, the one that you belong in for enjoying your AC. Yeah, I was going to say, it must have air conditioning. It's got to be one of the first strings of hell. You know, they don't go past level three. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so if you haven't guessed it by now, I am covering Inferno by Dante, which I've been calling Dante's Inferno, like, since... Everyone calls it that. Yeah, yeah, everyone calls it that. I did not know until visiting the Wikipedia page today. That Dante that, was the author? Yeah, Dante's the author. 
And I swear to God, I read at least some of this in college. And by some of this, I mean, I probably read a quote. Yeah. Like a well, singular quote. You read the spark notes. Oh, I didn't even get that far. <laughs> it was like quoted. I did read the whole book at one point in time, but I think it was just because I was bored and I was in high school or something and my dad had it. Um, okay. So my question is this, okay, we're going to visit and we're going to talk a little bit. I hope I I'm so unprepared today. It's been so hot. I can't think about anything else other than burning <laughs> in hell, but yeah. So I discovered that the, uh, this guy named Dante today, well, he didn't write it today, but I discovered today that a guy named Dante, I knew that he wrote the epic poem, uh, divine comedy. And that is where Inferno comes from. And it's, it's 14th century. So my question to you, mm-hmm. Christian, what was your, ex- the, the, so this is like Canterbury Tales stuff, right? Ish. I mean, I was probably reading like a, a different version. I honestly, I was also like 15, 16 at the time. I don't remember it. Well, you had to, <laughs> I mean, this, like, I'm looking at like the manuscript thing on the Wikipedia page on the like top part of it. Yeah. It, it is written like Canterbury Tales from what I can tell. I'm trying to like zoom in on it. I think it was like originally in like Middle English, but like right, the version right. that I read obviously was not. Um, but I also think it may have been like an annotated version that was m- more easy to digest for a younger audience. But I also, right. given that I remember absolutely nothing, there is a full chance that I read it, understood zero things about it <laughs> and just kept moving. Yeah, but But you knew it was, it takes place in hell, right? Yeah, and I know there are like certain rings of hell, and um, yeah, you got the. Gist. I vaguely remember. Yeah, I remember the, the illustrations. <laughs> We're gonna get to that. We yeah, are that gonna pictures. get to that. <laughs> yeah, the pictures on the Wikipedia page are just like Chef's Kiss. They're so I good. See now, yeah, yeah, look it up. So Dante, who is Dante? Dante is Dante Alighieri. Gary. Yeah, Alighieri. Yeah, he was an Italian poet. So we're in Italy. It's the 14th century. And for everyone who's dumb like me, that is the 1300s. He wrote Divine Comedy, Divine Comedy, the epic poem. And it was epic. Yeah, it was epic. Like all his friends were like, oh, my God, have you read Divine Comedy? It's like so epic. It's like it's peak. So we also, we know you didn't read this because you logged into Zoom and you were like, I swear to God, this was shorter when I looked at it earlier. <laughs> yes. I, okay. As I, I told Christian, I was like, we should do this because I feel like I'm burning in hell right now. I texted her that this morning and I swear to God, everybody, when I looked at the Wikipedia page on the train on my way to work this morning, I looked at this page and I was like, oh, it's not very long. I can do it that. probably hadn't loaded. Yeah. It won't take very long. <laughs> And Your right internet now, disconnected and it only loaded the th- first three cantos. Yeah. Oh, bitch. Right now I am scrolling. I can't even get to the bottom. My finger's tired <laughs> Where from scrolling. Going? It's divided up into cantos, which let's just call them chapters. That's that's essentially what they are. They're chapters. And there are, let's see, how many circles of hell are there? Nine. Okay. So I'm I... looking at it and I have a very nice little index on the left side of this page because it's so fucking long. <laughs> it was not that long this morning. I swear to God. I swear to God. Somebody, somebody changed it. There are it nine circles of hell. Long. And then the center of hell is its own separate category. So that's then, the 10th circle yeah. of hell. Somebody couldn't count. So there's, there's 10 <laughs> circles of hell and they all have, they all have chapters, which are like cantos, but that like, that goes throughout the entire poem. 
And this isn't even, this is how, this is a part of the poem. Like Inferno is only one part of it. There are, okay, let's test my Roman numeral skills. So 10, 20, <laughs> 30, there are 34 cantos. There are wow. 34 chapters to this goddamn book, which is a part of a bigger book. Fuck that noise. Okay. And we're now just you will read. never read it. We're going to read the overview. That's We're going to keep it to okay. the overview, girl. It says, okay. The Inferno describes Dante's journey through hell, guided by the ancient Roman poet Virgil. In the poem, hell is depicted as nine concentric circles of torment located within the earth. It is the realm of those who have rejected spiritual values by yielding to bestial appetites or violence or by perverting their human intellect to fraud or malice against their fellow men. As an allegory, the Divine Comedy represents the journey of the soul toward God with the Inferno describing the recognition and rejection of sin. Mm. But see, what I want to know, and I guess if I read it, I would find this... (laughs) questions that could be answered but that is too difficult (laughs) i know questions that could easily be answered by simply reading reading. sometimes the book is better than the movie is there a movie oh there better be could you imagine could you imagine like an indie film that's just oh i'm sure that many many of them exist oh okay yeah 2010 was the most recent yeah, when I started reading uh, Paradise Lost, which is also another like Bible fan, f- I consider this Bible fan fiction along with Paradise Lost. Basically, yeah. Um, when I first read Paradise Lost, I was like two parts in, and I was like, "Oh my god, why is this not a movie about this? This would be amazing." <laughs> actually, started paying Millennial attention. Thoughts. I know. Then I actually started paying <laughs> attention to what it was about, and I was like, "Oh, you you could not make a movie about this. Like, how would you even?" <laughs> How would you even depict? Oh, I'm sure Satan? someone could. <laughs> I'm sure someone could, but no one would do it well. Like the people that would want to do it. No one it said would, it had to be a good movie. I would want it to be a good movie. It. <laughs> you know what? You sent me the gnats. I did. I did. did. I, plagued, I plagued you with gnats. <sighs> They're everywhere. It's trying to steal my wine. <laughs> See, now that's a crime. This is hell. You put me in limbo. Yeah, no, that gnat, he will pay for his crimes. I mean, maybe this takes like a long time because it is an epic poem. So, like, I'm thinking, like, the Odyssey, you know, where it takes, like, Mm -hmm. 50 years for Odysseus to get back to Penelope. But I don't know. I think this goes faster. It says, um, (laughs) it actually says, Canto 1, Prelude to Hell. (laughs) uh, The poem begins on the night of Maundy, Maundy, Thursday, on March 24th or April 7th, because I guess, like, we have a different calendar now. In the year 1300, shortly before dawn on Good Friday. So, like, Dante, he, like, and also, oh, God, I'm so hot that I can't even, like, form thoughts. I'm so <laughs> sorry, everybody. Okay. So, Dante, he's the author, and he's the main character. Um, It's giving self-absorbed much. So, he casts himself as the main character because clearly he has main character syndrome. So, throughout this poem, Dante's journeying to hell, or no, through hell. Does he start in hell? So it says Canto 1 is limbo. So if I know anything about like Catholicism and, you know, Christianity and religion, limbo is not quite hell. It is like the place in between. So it's the world that's not good. It's not bad. It's the place in between. So he's in the suburbs of hell. Yes. He's (laughs) in the suburbs of heaven and hell. I think of it 
has like, it's, like a... it's not good, but it's not horrible. So it's not a place you want to be. No. And he's there on like Good Friday, which is like April. He's oh, my God. It's not even hot yet where he is. That's why he <laughs> said it in like March and April. Oh, my God. That probably I am a fucking genius. That's why it's limbo, because it's not quite hot enough to be horrible. Oh, my God. I just he probably has air out. conditioning there right now. Oh, my God. And he's following <laughs> Virgil. Let's see who Virgil is. I'm just going to like highlight over this. It says Virgil is an English poet. Hang on. Let me. Oh, it's a Roman poet, not an English poet. In English, he is called Virgil. He composed three. Okay, so he wrote some other poems in Latin. Good for him. Good for Virgil. <laughs> he's a very famous poet. I know that, but like okay. Christian, did he do the Renaissance tour? No, he did not. Probably not. That was, was Beyonce. Too- Beyonce yeah. is like <laughs> way better than Dante's Renaissance tour through hell. <laughs> Oh my God. So he's going through hell. He gets through several cantos. He and Virgil, they journey to the underworld. Then canto three is called the vestibule of hell. It says in the vestibule of hell, loathsome maggots and worms at the sinner's feet. Drink the putrid mixture of blood. Ew. So that's how basically Dante is just like he's just walking around. I imagine it like, you know, those things that you used to like drop a penny in those like big (laughs) circle uh, spherical things. And it gets like Mm -hmm. more narrow toward the bottom until the penny falls through the hole. Yes. And the penny falls. That's how I imagine this going. So they're like on the like way outer rings and then they go like closer and closer and closer closer. but he's not being tortured or anything right so this is more like a a theme park ride for dante yeah he's not being tortured but like it clearly affects him it's just like watching everyone else be tortured oh i'd hope it would affect him if he's watching people be tortured right well he needs he's gonna need therapy after this yeah trauma or (laughs) or like at least like a drink yeah (laughs) he goes and gets smashed as soon as he leaves hell yeah, he's like, they won't give me up. any alcohol. And that was horrible. Yeah, he like walks up to a bar. He's like, You're never gonna believe where I've been. And Dante and Virgil walk into a bar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god, that's what we oh my god, I'll be Dante, you be Virgil. <laughs> Perfect. That's I'll just what we quietly sit in my booze. Yeah, honestly, like wh- like are they friends? Are they let me scroll up to the top? Like how no, they're we- just on the ride together. But he it says that Dante's being led by Virgil, but like who takes their friend to hell? Virgil. Apparently. <laughs> oh my God. Kathleen, I promise never to take you to hell. Thank you, Christian. I promise to never take you to hell either, but I <laughs> like, I can't promise you're not going there. <laughs> I know. I, oh, oh no, that, that makes me think of the Oscar Wilde quote. Like, I don't want to go to heaven. None of my friends are there. <laughs> but yeah, so we get beyond the vestibule of hell and then they proceed, uh, it says Virgil proceeds to guide Dante through nine circles. So we finally just now got to the fucking circles. And it says they're concentric circles. And <laughs> Wikipedia gives us a definition for concentric. It says in geometry, two or more objects are said to be concentric when they are this wait, when they, oh, when they share the same center. So it's more like a bullseye then it is one of those little penny drop things. I mean, I feel like it's the same thing because you're like swirling around into different layers until you get to the bottom. That's kind true. Of obviously, like obviously, I know more about hell than Dante. Yeah, it's because so, it's yeah. so hot in your apartment. Oh, God, I know. So, yeah. Uh, so we're going through the nine circles of hell. They increase in wickedness. 
And then they culminate in the center of the earth where <laughs> Satan is held in bondage. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> the center of the earth is a sex club. The way you said bondage, too. He's held in bondage. Bondage. So at the center, <laughs> you get to see sexy Satan. I'm down for it. <laughs> that's that's why they're on this journey. <laughs> Virgil was like... For sexy Satan. He's like, Dante, there's this new club. We have to go there. It like this was definitely this it actually just opened. I know this is a very Kathleen thing to do to Christian. <laughs> this this so really your Virgil. I am I'm Virgil. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, Christian, we have to go to this new like restaurant. <laughs> there's just, this club. It's so cool. It, we just opened, and like, there's a guy named Satan there in bondage. Like, we have to go see them, <laughs> and, and then it would be like the most miserable journey. <laughs> The most harrowing Uber ride. This isn't fun, Kathleen. (laughs) To get to the club only to find that like Satan's understudy is going on that night. Not even Satan. It's not even Satan. It's Beelzebub. (laughs) It's not cool. It's like very lame. The drinks are overpriced and watered down. That's actually the center of hell right there. Yeah, that's really what happened. Yeah. Overpriced drinks that are watered down. You you never get tipsy. <laughs> and it's really fucking hot. You're just constantly dehydrated. Yes. So, uh, so then it says we get to the first circle of hell, which I thought that we were already there. But then it... Oh, wait. That says limbo. Okay. So back in limbo, there was like a whole bunch of other... Why are all the poets in limbo? It says Dante encounters poets, Homer, Horace... Ovid, Lu- Lucan, Lucian? Because they're too woke to go to heaven and not evil, so they can't go to hell. Too woke to go to heaven. <laughs> I mean, you know. But now we're in the second circle of hell. Do you know what the second circle of hell is, Christian? Don't look. This is where sexy Satan is. You're close. Wait, no, this is more sexy Satan. Sexy Satan is at the center. Because he's in bondage. But I'm just saying that he might be here. There are probably it- sexy demons here. <laughs> Yes. The second circle is lust. Enough said. And then in this circle, it says that Dante sees... Dante's uh, Inferno was really like a tourist guide. (laughs) Which circle of hell you want to be in? No, Virgil is the tour guide. He's giving Dante uh, a tour of hell. Yeah, he's giving him the tour so that he can write the book. So everyone knows what circle of hell they want to live in. (laughs) What circle of hell they want to live in. It's like you're going to hell no matter what. You need to figure out which Pick circle. your poison. Right. Because you know what? Rent prices going up. You got to figure out what <laughs> you got to get Can you afford in. the first circle of hell? Right. You got to get in early. You got to make an early investment. <laughs> so in this circle, he sees Samiram- Samiramus, Dido, Cleopatra, Helen of Troy, Paris, Achilles, Tristan. I love how there's a lot of like. So literally like, everyone went to hell. Yeah, everybody's in hell. Like, and he's just like naming off the people that like live in each circle. Nice. Yeah. Out of them. I know. It's like an expose of hell. I always thought he was an asshole. And then let's see. The last part of the sexy circle is um, Dante, overcome by pity and anguish, dis- describes his swoon. So he swoons at some point. Uh, <laughs> he says, I fainted as if I had met my death. And then I fell as a dead body falls. Okay, dramatic much? Calm down. 
<laughs> then we get to the third circle, which is gluttony. So first we had the sexy circle. Now we have the fat circle. Somehow I've lived in all these circles. Yeah, I was going to say that my one's life. my favorite. I know. I know. This, uh, in this circle, he sees Cerberus. Isn't That's mm-hmm. like the dog, right? Yeah, the monstrous three-headed beast of hell. So why, why is it there? I yeah. guess it, it likes to eat. It says, uh, oh, the dog is ravenously uh, guards the gluttons lying in the freezing mire, mauling and flaying them with his claws as they howl like dogs. So the only one that gets to be a glutton is Cybris. Cybris? So yeah. So and then it says Virgil obtains safe passage past the monster by filling its three mouths with mud. <laughs> it's is, just hungry. This is also a very like Kathleen thing to like drag Christian to something and then be like, I always know somebody. I'm like, Christian, it's fine. We're gonna get it. I know somebody. The one time I didn't go with her though, she actually knew people and it was uh yeah, like some random like Patton Oswald was there or something. Yes, yes, that was the time that I got Bob and Katie into that party with Patton. Yeah, Oswald. and you did know people. I did know people. The one time I bail, <laughs> I know. Rude. See, you should always come. Yeah, but I'm like Christian. We have to go to hell really fast. You should be like, yes, girl, I'm down. Cool, cool. I might yeah. meet some cool people there. But yeah, so they they leave the gluttony circle. They go to the next circle is greed. Greed is the fourth circle. They see a figure Dante names as Pluto. This is Plutus. So he got his name wrong. That's cute. Uh, The deity of wealth in classical mythology. Cool. Yeah. So it says that they, um, so this is the the greed circle. This is the corporate America circle. Mm. This where Elon Musk's going. The Elon Musk circle and the Jeff Bezos circle. Yep. Yep. Oh, there's hoarders. Okay, there's hoarders and spendthrifts, and they joust with each other uh, using weights as weapons. They push in. T- they push with their chests. Huh. Interesting. Okay, so he sees that, and yeah, this is a boring circle. Nothing, nothing too violent is happening. Yeah, nothing that crazy is happening in the greed circle. Okay, these people deserve way worse than what they're getting in this circle. I don't. I don't understand what's happening to these people. Yeah, the last one, they got eaten by a dog over and over again. Right. And here, they're just jousting with each other, like pushing jousties into each other's chests. Boring. All right, I'm skipping to the next circle. The fifth circle is wrath. So this is the anger issues circle. This is the circle that they wouldn't be there if they had gone to therapy. Mm. So it says uh, it's swampy with stinky waters of the river Styx. The actively wrathful fight each other viciously on the surface of slime while the sullen, the passively, yeah, the passively wrathful lie beneath the water withdrawn into a black sulkiness, which can find no joy in God or man or the universe. <laughs> so people are just fighting. It's like a mosh pit in but this circle. Sticky. Yep. So this is the circle where Dante starts to recognize his own sin. So he's starting to like have some self-discoveries. Honestly, I think that this is just like him going through therapy. Basically. Yeah. He's like learning about himself. He's working on himself. He's making some changes in his life. And <laughs> I assume at this point he's still following Virgil. So we get to the sixth circle. Do you know what this so sixth is? So this is basically is? a precursor 
to um, the Christmas Carol. Kind of, but it's so much longer. <laughs> it's true. People had nothing else to do. Yeah, in the thirteen they couldn't make a movie. They literally, yeah, they literally had no Netflix. They had nothing to do except look at this each other. This was pre-streaming. <laughs> it was. It was pre-streaming. It was pre-cell phones. They had nothing to do except ponder the circles of hell. These so now people. we're we're in the sixth circle. What is the sixth circle, Christian? I'd have to cheat. Am I allowed to cheat? This is this is one where I always forget the like the um, definition of the word. Christian, do you want is- me to cheat? Christian is cheating. I'll tell you. It's heresy. So heresy is like, it actually, it does have a definition here of like heretics. It says, denotes the formal denial or doubt of a core doctrine of the Christian faith as defined by one or more of the Christian churches. So like you don't believe in like Christian values. So like, I think this is like a good, this is just all the people that were like, that Christianity bullshit was stupid. I didn't want to go to religion class as a kid. These are all those people. Um, I'm scrolling through to see if there's anybody like famous here. Um, this is where we would be. Yeah, we would totally be here. I feel like this is a chill circle. It yeah. says um, Dante holds discourse with a pair of Epicurean Florentines in one of the two. So he's just like, over there having intellectual conversations with these people. This is like the smart- I think you would enjoy this. Yeah, this is the yeah. smart corner of hell. Yeah, this is okay. This is the nerds. They're a little bit nerdy, (laughs) but like I could chill with them. It says in response to a question from Dante about the prophecy he has received, uh, this person named Farinata explains that what the souls in hell know of life on earth comes from seeing the future, not from any observation of the present. Hmm. That's some heavy shit right there. So yeah, the, people are just having like intellectual discourse in this circle of hell. I'm scanning to see if like anything bad is happening to them. <laughs> it says, pausing for a moment before the steep descent to the foul-smelling seventh circle, Virgil explains the geography and rationale of lower hell. It when Christian was in New York and I'm like, let me explain lower Manhattan to you. <laughs> He's just like, let me explain the geography of this place where we're going. He pulled up the Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I got you. Like, yeah, yeah, this is where we're going. I just want you to know that it smells bad, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, so then it says, uh, Kanto one notes that the sun is in Aries. So they're getting all like astrological with this shit too. And the 12th zodiac signs rise at two hour intervals it must now be about two hours prior to sunrise four in the morning on holy saturday april 9th so they started this journey like a day ago this is just like a wild night of partying for these two it really is i'm convinced they were just going on easter probably isn't that like canterbury tales don't they end on easter too i have no idea it's a good question well somebody let us know i'm too lazy to google it yeah. Uh, so now we're in the seventh <laughs> circle of hell, which is a violence, which I would have thought this would be rad. But I guess yeah, I'm not. confused by the way that these I mean, I guess if you're just very angry, but you never hurt anybody. But also, why is being angry and not acting on it in hell? Like it didn't hurt anybody. Well, it does explain a little bit. So this circle of hell is divided into three rings. So we got rings inside of rings right now. Mm, the three this is rings. Like a circus. Yeah, the three rings. <laughs> 
<laughs> the three rings are violence against neighbors, violence against self, and violence against God, art, and nature. I appreciate the fact that like violence against like God, art, and nature, like those are on the same level. And that's probably some like, that's some woke shit for this time <laughs> too, because like people were like, whatever, art and nature, like God is way better than those two stupid things. And like Dante is like, no, the all those so for things- everyone who thinks climate change isn't a thing. This right. is your ring of hell. <laughs> this is your ring of hell. This is where you are. Let's see. For for all the people who don't believe in climate change, what exactly is in that ring? It says, uh, let's see. Dante finds Capanius stretched out on the sands for blasphemy against Jove. He is or he was struck down with a thunderbolt during the war of seven of the seven against Thebes and is still scorning Jove in the afterlife. There's a river of blood. That's hella metal. Yeah, this is this is like a cool circle. Actually, I would be in this circle. How much violence have you enacted? Don't answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Christian, but no. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of people in this. But No, yeah, I would definitely be in this circle. (laughs) Do you not believe in climate change? Have you seen the smog? I believe in climate change, but I would definitely be in this circle because I feel like 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 I would want to visit this circle. Like it's kind of like California. I would want to visit there, but not live there. That's fair. <laughs> There's somebody in here. This called is the a... circle of how we would vacation in. Yeah, this is this is my vacation circle. I have a summer home here. I have a summer you really home. You want to torture yourself? Yeah, <laughs> I have a summer home near the river of blood. <laughs> All right, so the next circle. But their second home is here where they murdered all their servants. Oh, God, yeah. And and where they they cause climate change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where they with their private jets and their corporations that are unethical. Exactly. There we go. That's where they get sent. So this next circle, Christian, it's the eighth circle. It's the fraud circle. (laughs) If you murder someone, that is like bad, but fraud, way worse. Yeah, fraud, so much worse it Mm. says dante now finds himself in the eighth circle called malibogle i mean it's basically how the u.s acts against fraud you know (laughs) except not (laughs) malibogle it means evil ditches so these are the evil ditches of hell right you know right past the river of blood like what these people are just writing bad checks they did it on purpose? Is that the point? Like, is the murder circle accidental murder? I'm very confused. No, I think it's all intentional. Like, these people intended to defraud people, but this is like the Bernie Madoff circle. It says panderers, panderers and seducers. Flatterers, excuse me? They're here for being nice? Fuck off, Dante. <laughs> wow. No fake compliments. Apparently not. It's not allowed. All the cool people are in hell. I think that's what we've determined. I think so. They're all in this eighth circle. They're in mm-hmm. the lust circle. They're in the gluttony circle. And then they're in this circle. And they're in the intellectual circle. Yep. Yeah. There's there's a lot about this circle. Um, there's the simoniacs. I'm not sure what these people are doing in this. This is also a boring circle because these people don't disappear here. And oh my God. Oh my God. In like the fourth section of this circle, sorcerers. Sorcerers. Witchcraft is real. Oh my God. Okay. This circle, it also has like the coolest little um, drawings too. There's like some people with some bat wings. That's hella cool. 
I just don't like if you could be a sorcerer, why would you? Not? There's hypocrites. There's thieves. Yeah. Everybody wants to be in this circle. The counselors of fraud. So just the people who like advise. Oh, my God. This is where the consultants go. Bangers. <laughs> the consultants. <laughs> the consultants of fraud. Oh, my God. The consultant. Everybody who works. This is the Bain headquarters. <laughs> Bain and McKenzie are headquartered in this circle of hell. Makes sense to me. Let's see. Sowers of discord. Okay. People who talk. Shut up. <laughs> like <laughs> That's the problem. That's why they're there. I know. They can't. Oh, my goodness. Then we've got falsifiers, alchemists. Those were just people who were like, I think I can set this on fire if I add some gunpowder. That's all they were doing, which that they probably should be in the violence circle. Not going to lie. But they just wanted to, like, blow some stuff up. (laughs) The imposters are here. They really enjoy the July 4th holiday. (laughs) Apparently. They got a little too lit on the 4th of July. This circle of hell, it's way too much. Okay. And then finally, it says, at Virgil's persuasion, and Antaeus, Antaeus, don't know who that is, don't care, takes the poets in his large palm and lowers them gently to the final level of hell. So they, like, meet this giant person. The giant person, like, swoops them up and then puts them in the ninth circle. The ninth circle. Drum roll, please. Christian just took her hands and hit her microphone that has a sock cover on it. I, I don't want to move the sock cover. Yeah, don't do that. Be a lot of work. Don't do that. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> I'd never get it back on. The ninth circle of hell is treachery. <gasps> these are all the trifling motherfuckers. These are the people <laughs> like, these are the Karens. Being a Karen is worse than killing someone. So it's says Dante. treacherous. Wait, treacherous means that you're a traitor, right? Yeah. Oh, goddamn. Well, never mind. There's This is where the Karens are, I swear to God. The people who are in this circle are at the base of the well. So see, it was going down. Like, it's going to like to the center. So it's not a bullseye. It does have, like, it's like three dimensions. It is like the swirly thing for the pennies. Yes, it is. See, I knew. I totally knew that. <laughs> it says Dante finds himself within a large frozen lake called Cock. Cocytus? Cocytus? I can't read. It's okay. Trapped in the ice, each according to his guilt are punished sinners guilty of treachery against those with whom they had special relationships. These are the cheaters. Mm. These are the people who cheat in a relationship. Um, And it says, as they denied God's love, they are, uh, as they denied God's love, so are they furthest removed from the light and warmth of his son? So that's why they're all fucking frozen. And then it mentions that like uh, a famous inmate from this circle is Judas Iscariot. I love how they give like a notable members of this circle include <laughs> Judas. Judas Iscariot of Bible fame. I imagine the the narrators in that situation would be like the muses from Hercules. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's singing. There's. Uh, I didn't know if you knew this question, but there's a lot of singing in hell. I mean, if you're the one creating it, that makes sense. Exactly. See, that would be my version of hell. There would be too much singing. <laughs> uh, so other notable members of this circle of hell are Cain, uh, Mordred, who is King Arthur's treacherous son, Antonora from the Trojan War, 
people who like trade. Okay, I feel like this stuff is like not as bad. This is just people who are like traitors in war. So yeah, so then we we finally get to like Judas. He's like at the center. So he's like extra frozen in this little like cold. Why is it cold? God damn it, Christian. I chose this because it was supposed to be hot. Nope. Even in the ninth circle, they have air conditioning. Oh, <laughs> even the ninth circle of hell has it better than me. God damn it, Christian. <laughs> it's not my fault. Oh. Blame Dante. I do. Honestly, I do. <laughs> it's a good thing he's dead. Uh, mm-hmm. But it says Judica or Utica. Not sure how you, but it's like Judas uh, is completely silent. So they, I guess they like walk up to him and they're like, hey, what's up, bro? Like we came all the way here to see you. And he's like, um, I can't talk now, guys. <laughs> It says all of the centers are fully encapsulated in ice, distorted and twisted in every conce- yeah, every conceivable position. The centers present an image of utter immobility. It is impossible to talk to any of them. So Dante and Virgil quickly move to the center of hell. They were like, wow, these people are rude. No one will talk to us. Let's I go see what's in this. Yeah, they were like, let's go see what's in the center of hell. So they finally get to the nightclub. Fucking finally. (laughs) And they've been on their way forever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like 1130. They were about to give up. And they were like, oh, my God. Just like 1130. A little bit further. Like it's (laughs) your oldest showing. (laughs) 1130 has always been too late. Even when I was like in my 20s, that was that was too late to be out. I was like, it's almost midnight. I have to go home. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. My feet hurt. Uh, so they finally Can't get do their, it. <laughs> they finally get to the center of hell. Their feet hurt. Your 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 version of hell is really just walking around at like two a.m. when everyone is in a musical. You're trying to find the club, but people just won't stop singing to you. It's so bad, and like. <laughs> Like their feet hurt, but they can't give up on the shoes because they paid too much on the sh- for the shoes. But it was so hot and they had spanks on under their dress and they they gave up on their spanks. They just like halfway there, they were like, oh, my God, I can't anymore. Can't I ate way too much for dinner in the gluttony circle. And like they took <laughs> off their spanks and they threw their spanks away, either like in the street or like in a garbage can somewhere. So now but someone saw and it was very embarrassing. They did. But like, have you ever worn Spanx when it's hot? I'm saying that like, in order for it to be hell, you'd have to keep them on. Like you're not allowed to take the Spanx. No, off. I, I feel like in the ninth circle, there is a level of freedom. There is. <laughs> <laughs> you can ditch the Spanx. You can ditch the Spanx in the ninth circle. Well, no, this isn't even the ninth circle. This is the center. We've reached the 10th circle. <laughs> The ten circle of hell. We, we lost. We lost our credit card. We left it at the bar. Mm. We the we one still... we really didn't think we could find, but we were just that drunk. Right, exactly. We took off our spanks. We discarded them somewhere. We're finally at the center of hell, and it says at the very center of hell, condemned for committing the ultimate sin, which is called personal treachery against God. Ooh. So they personally betrayed God is the devil. Oh, <laughs> I guess disobey. Yeah, because Satan. Like this is where you have to like. I don't think um, Paradise Lost came until after this, but mm-hmm. this is where like Paradise Lost is going to give Satan a little bit of a backstory. But Virgil tries to do it because Virgil calls Satan dis, which is like it's a diss track. <laughs> And it says uh, the Roman god of the underworld, his name is Dis, 
Lucifer is giant, terrifying, a beast wrapped, oh, a beast trapped waist deep in ice, fixed and suffering. So he's like, just, he's in bondage. He can't move. (laughs) He's in bondage and they forgot, or they lost the key. Yeah, he's in bondage. But like, that's the show. Like, this is when you get to the nightclub and like one of the bands doesn't start playing till one in the morning. And that's too late. If you're, if you're doing any type of music at one in the morning, don't. That's <laughs> end of story. Yeah. That's how you get in the circle of hell. Uh, so he has three faces, one red, one pale yellow and one black. Hmm. And then it says, so there, I don't know. They just go to like, like stare at him, I guess. He has six wings. I guess they're just taking it all in. They're just, they're taking a moment. They're looking at Satan And then it says, at about 6 p.m. on Saturday evening. So what is this? This is like two days that they've been journeying. They started. When did they start? I'm going to scroll all the way back up to Thursday. Good memory. They left on Friday. Well, I think it started on Thursday. It was a Maudi Thursday. Yes. They've been on a bender since Thursday. It is now 6 p.m. on Saturday. (laughs) They are going to have to go to fucking work like on Monday. Virgil and Dante go to church because it's Easter Sunday. Oh my God. They're going to be hungover. This is not going to, their moms are going to be so mad and they're going to try to hide it too. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to be like, no one will know, but really everyone will know, (laughs) but everyone will know. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, It says Virgil and Dante begin their escape from hell by clamoring down Satan's ragged fur feet first. It says when Virgil, changes direction and begins to climb upward towards the surface of the earth so he starts like crawling toward this other part of the earth dante is confused he initially believes that they are returning to hell virgil indicates that the time is halfway between canonical hours of prime which is 6 a.m and terse which is 9 a.m that is 7 a.m of the same holy saturday which was just about to end Dante is confused as to how, after about an hour and a half of climbing, it is now apparently morning. Virgil explains that it is, uh, that it is. He's the ghost of Christmas past. (laughs) No, this all just sounds like it's literally like people arguing about what time it is in the morning. This is literally a bender. This is a three day bender that they went on. And they're like, no, it's not morning right now. There's no way that it's morning. Yes, it is, girl. Shut up. My alarm <laughs> my alarm on my phone. Like, I'm going to, oh, no. You know what this is? This is people saying, like, I'm going to set my alarm for seven. And then they so get. We're going to be in bed and we're going to wake up by seven. And then- Yeah. And then you wake up the next morning at nine and you, you typed in 700 into your calculator on your phone. That's what you did. <laughs> And you find that screen and you're like, no, drunk me was so stupid. And they don't even know what direction they're going in. Virgil's trying to like explain like where they're going. This is the Uber but ride they're just home. Completely lost. Yeah. They're they stopped absolutely... for Taco Bell on the way. And the Uber driver said yes, but then had no idea where they were going. <laughs> they went to four different Taco Bells and, <laughs> and none up, of them were open. None of them were open. And they ended up like drunk at home with Sonic somehow like a different type Sonic's of Sonic's not even open that late like yeah they are some of them are 24 7 I don't believe not that also I- wouldn't that be better than Taco Bell like I feel like it has to be like McDonald's but their grill was down so all you could get were like french fries somehow you ended up 
back at your apartment at five in the morning with a McDonald's ice cream. And you know <laughs> that the ice cream maker was broken, but somehow you have Which it. So didn't really want ice cream anyway. Did you break in to a closed McDonald's and somehow get the ice machine or the ice cream machine to work? Probably. Somehow that's the most logical explanation of what happened last night. So yeah, coming to a close, finally, <laughs> of this journey, this three-day bender that they've been on, it says, <laughs> Virgil goes on to explain how the Southern Hemisphere was once covered by dry, dry land, and the land recoiled in horror to the north when Lucifer fell from heaven and was replaced by the ocean. Why does that sound like a 3 a.m. Kathleen statement? What happens with global warming? It's That's true. That is way. true. Florida's going like, to recoil into itself. How drunk do you have to be? Or maybe high. How high do you have to be to be like, the southern hemisphere was once covered in dry land and the land recoiled when Lucifer fell from heaven like obviously why didn't you know that he's really drunk. Human knowledge obviously he's really drunk and then finally you were right christian the poets finally emerge just before dawn on the morning of easter sunday Easter. everything happens on easter april 10th 1300 beneath a sky studded with stars so it was nighttime hmm. this whole time so yeah that that's my story christian that was you know it was way. Uh oh, all right. No, it's. Don't worry. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. I just hit the pause button. <laughs> okay. I was gonna be like, it hasn't been recording this whole time. Oh my god. No. no we, we have. We have been recording. It's fine. I'll fix that in post. I just clicked a button, but it's good. We're all good. Oh my god. Imagine. Uh, we've Im done it before. Imagine. We have. We have. But we caught ourselves early. So, Christian, my final uh, question for you. <laughs> After all this. And I think this should be on every test about this text okay. in college or high school or whatever. What circle of hell is your favorite circle of hell? <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like it's difficult. Heresy, gluttony, lust, all of those sound like a lot of fun. But then there's also, what was the one? Is heresy the one where all the smart people were? Yeah, that's the smart people circle. I think I'd have to say heresy. I could learn something there. Yeah, honestly, Mine would either be heresy or like maybe the nerds would annoy me because I feel like they would be very like, like stuck up, you know, they'd I guess be like, that's true. They what are do now. you mean you didn't see the last season of Game of Thrones? <laughs> Let me tell you about it. I think I would really have a good time in, let's see. Yeah, I think I would have a good time in the wrath circle, maybe. That was kind of a boring circle, though. Yeah. I think Lester Gluttony. I got to go with Lester Gluttony. Yeah, they seem like fun. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, now that this segment has taken so long, should we, should we take our break? I think we should. And we'll come back for like 10 minutes of mine. Oh my God. No, don't, <laughs> don't rush it because it's, it's really good. It is good. I'm excited. Yes. All right. I'll see you in a bit. Okay. Bye. Bye. -bye. We figured out how to record. You know how scared I was. It was actually recording. It was. It was recording. It's all the good. hour long segment. The hour long segment. I swear it was not that long. Good luck editing. I know, but I get to edit. The good thing is I get to edit in air conditioning. Yes. 
the air conditioning will be fixed by the time. Knock on wood. Hopefully they show up. (laughs) Oh God. I called them today to confirm. Like I am that neurotic and like I've been that hot. hot. You need it. Yeah. That I'm like, I just need to confirm that you will be here tomorrow to set up the AC. I can't. And like also shout out to Christian because I've been doing unspeakable things with this wet towel to keep myself cool <laughs> the entire time we've been recording. And she hasn't made fun of me once. Not once. I understand. Not once. I've had this thing on my head. I've had it on my neck. I've had it. I've had it everywhere. I'll let your <laughs> I'll let your imagination run wild. But yes, we we were in literal hell. Now Christian is gonna take us to America. Figurative <laughs> hell. America. Uh, all right so the book that i am talking about really describes horrible working conditions where the work conditions continue to get worse and wages fall and no i'm not talking about your desk job hey we're gonna talk about the jungle by upton sinclair I have read this book and I have like very vivid memories of scenes that are not in the Wikipedia. So I'll share those with you as we go. Yes. Um, I I distinctly remember reading this in high school as well. Yeah. I was like weirdly preoccupied with our housing situation because I think I had discovered like the Sears houses, like where you could buy like the generic builds for cheap in quotations in the 19th century. So I was like, I don't know. Yeah, there are a lot of houses that are like bungalow style that were Sears houses where you could buy them from the Sears catalog and it would come with all the pieces to build. Like a DIY build your own house situation? Except it like just had instructions and it's like, do you want running water? Don't you? And here's how you put that in. Yeah, it was a huge thing. But that didn't happen in the jungle. But I think I discovered the two things at the same time. So I was like very fascinated by their housing. That is so interesting. I did not know that. Oh my God. I'll send you some like ads. There's some like housing ads. Do I'm gonna have to go down a rabbit hole? Like Mm -hmm. I would, I wouldn't even venture as far as to put together a piece of IKEA furniture. So I can't (laughs) imagine a house, but that's insane to me. Apparently, okay. Anyway, I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole. Anyway, thirty second summary of the jungle. The book depicts working class poverty, lack of social supports, and harsh and unpleasant living and working conditions, and hopelessness among workers. So basically, this this really looks at the meatpacking industry in Chicago. Says how much it sucks. I think one thing that's really interesting is the intention by Upton Sinclair when he first published this. It was published in a socialist newspaper called the um, Appeal to Reason. It was a like investigative journalist piece. Yeah. Um, so it was an illustration of what happened in like 1905 when it was written. Um, and it was, it was done in a like formal, like, or it says in serial form. So it was done, published in the appeal to reason, multiple pieces. And then was later in 1906 turned into a novel, but his intent was to like call attention to the need for socialism and describing the, describing the meat, industry and its working conditions to advance the socialist agenda in the United States. Right. Um, but its most notable impact was to provoke public outcry on right. health violations, unsanitary practices, and <laughs> like in the meatpacking industry, because he, the way he did his investi- investigative journalism was to work for seven weeks, gathering information in the meatpacking industry in disguise. So he met people, he worked there, he saw the conditions personally, and then he, he wrote this undercover, undercover. Oh successfully and then wrote a book that changed the world. Not in the way he wanted, 
but I know I remember <laughs> talking about this. Uh, I had a really good, I forget his name. It wasn't my, my freshman year English teacher, Mr. Hendricks. It was, I think Mr. Odom or it could have been somebody else. I can't remember, but I had a really good English teacher that year. It was like sophomore year of high school. I remember reading this and I remember uh, discussing the fact that like he was trying to make conditions better for the people. Mm-hmm. But when people read this, all they could think about was themselves, which of course I identify yeah. with. Um, <laughs> all they could think about is themselves. And they were like, oh my God, that's disgusting. My bread and my meat has human my meat body is parts. Infected and yeah, human body parts and pieces of rat. And yeah. yeah, they thought about that rather than the, I mean, same thing today. When you ask someone about homelessness, they don't think about that person's experience. No, They think about, they don't want them, you know, not in my backyard. They don't want to see right. homeless people outside who are making a mess, you know, using the bathroom on the streets and things like that. They don't actually right. think about the underlying issue, which is the lack of social supports that cause a lot of homelessness. Yeah. Which is sad. Um, yeah. Well, and also- Prepare nobody, for soapboxes, by the way. Nobody talks about like the horrific, like, I don't know, like whether you're like vegetarian or vegan or- whether you eat meat or not, or, you know, believe in or not believe in, but whether you're concerned about how meat packaging now affects our environment, mm-hmm. wherever you stand in, you know, the area of that politically or socially, this, you know, th- this still happens. We have health I mean, code violations. To this level, it does not happen, but I will say yeah. that meat, the meat industry in the United States our expectations of corporations is much lower than anywhere else in the world. If yeah. you want to go down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, Google Tyson, like the way that Fuck they treat yeah. chickens, the way that they, the quality, the way that they, the way they treat their workers. Yeah. yeah. The way they treat animals, the way they treat the environment. Yeah. All of it's shitty. I think that this is kind of timely in that we're all going through the fact that uh, a general strike is needed. Um, The writers are striking, pay the writers a fair wage. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there, there are a lot of labor issues in the United States and there are a lot of unsanitary work, working conditions. We've heard the stories about Amazon. We've heard the stories about the meatpacking industry, the fact that they feed animals of meat from other animals that like the cannibalism there is like, is important to know about because it can be toxic. Right. Like not just to the animal eating it, but to the people eating that animal. Right. Like, I mean, you could go down a lot of rabbit holes, but I think that this is important because like housing is becoming an issue. Workers' rights are becoming an issue, becoming, they have been an issue. And just as in Sinclair's time, we are prioritizing government and corporate corruption. And we're allowing that to happen and allowing them to exploit the common man in order for profit, Um, which is what he was trying to call out was more the exploitation of labor and the exploitation of people in poverty. So it'll be interesting. Yes. But what he actually called out was like, y'all's food is nasty. Mm-hmm. You didn't know it was nasty, but it's nasty. <laughs> Just so y'all know, there is cor- <laughs> corporate and government corruption, which we need to address, as well as y'all's food is still nasty. It's still nasty. <laughs> yep. Yep. Most food still nasty. Okay. So the story starts with, I don't know if it's Jurgis or Jurgis, Rudkus. He marries his 15-year-old sweetheart. Ona. I'm going to say Jurgis because I, I think that might be how it's pronounced. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> Rudicus, I know how to pronounce that. Marry him. He marries his 15-year-old sweetheart, Ona, in a Lithuanian wedding feast. They hey. have just immigrated to Chicago. And due to financial hardship in Russia, or not Russia, 
at the time, I think it was actually part of Russia. In Lithuania, they decided to come here to pursue the American dream because they heard that there were better wages and freedom. They were wrong. <laughs> I was about to say, you mentioned like Lithuania. I probably was a part of Russia at one point, but depending on who you ask in Russia right now, they still think it is. Yeah. Big yikes. Um, there was, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I could go down a whole rabbit hole there too. <laughs> See, so- <laughs> I, I brought the circles of hell and you brought the rabbit holes of social justice. It's my specialty. <laughs> As she sips her wine. You got to be drunk for this. It's too close to present day reality. Um, <laughs> true. Very true. And let's see what, uh, I, I missed it. What year is this? This okay, 19, so, 1905. Yeah. yeah. So this is early 20th century. So 1900s. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Thank Chicago. you. Thank you for, whole, for sharing for the rest of us. You're welcome. Um, the whole story takes place in Chicago and Jurgis and Ona are main characters along with their family. So they lost a lot of their savings. They were conned on their way to Chicago and then they had to pay for their wedding, which if you read the book, it's a very, like, this is one thing I do remember. It was a very um, small wedding. They didn't do anything outrageous. It wasn't an expensive, you know, extravagant event. They ended up in a, arriving to a crowded boarding house and they're still pretty optimistic. They're like, we're young, we're strong. Everybody else is just, you know, hyper individualism. Like everybody else fucked up in some way. We're not going to. We we're going to do things better. We're smarter than them. <laughs> yeah. We're young. We're strong. We're smart. We got this. This feels um, like college. These people are in their early 20s. They're younger than that. Ono's 15. What? They're like children. They are children. But at that point in time, that was like not uncommon, oh uh, especially in immigrant communities. So, well, in every community, rural, immigrant, not all oh city women got married. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, so he's hired pretty quickly by a meatpacking factory and is like, oh my God, this place is so efficient. It's amazing. Even if they like treat their employees not so great and their animal cruelty is like over the top, they still like, look at this efficiency. They feed thousands of people. Um, we all we all made that excuse in our early 20s with our first yeah. job. You're like, I'm going to do better. Yeah. It's I'm going to not... work my way up the ladder. Exactly. We were so optimistic. We were like, it's not going to be that bad. At least I get a paycheck. And you thought your first paycheck was so much. And it was like $11 an hour or something. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. My first job, my first job at a movie theater, I got paid six fifty an hour. Okay. I guess that's true. If we're talking high school jobs, I was thinking like first professional job because oh, the expectation no. is that he be like a professional. You You're know? right. You're right. Yeah. So- while he's working in the meatpacking factory, the women in the family answer an ad for a four-room house. And Ona is educated. She doesn't understand like what the job market's going to be like there and like how much they're going to be able to do. And so she decides with her education, Jurgis's job, and then Maria and Jonas helping out that they can all afford this house. Um, and it's like a, a rent to own kind of situation. So they go see the house. It actually isn't as nice as the ad said. It's like not very nice at all. The it neighborhood never is unkempt. Is. Yeah. And street easy um, lied to you. Yeah. But the real estate agent is pretty slick and he speaks fluent Lithuanian. So he gets them to sign a contract for the house. And again, this is like rent to own. And for those of you who don't have money, don't do rent to own. I'm no. sorry. It's a scam. <laughs> Big scam. Most of the time, it is meant to exploit people in poverty. It costs you three times as much when the reality is you can you can barter or bargain. Anyway, they didn't try to bargain for this house. They signed the contract, rent to own, did not go oh, well for no. them. No. So 
they they like have an old Lithuanian neighbor who like helps them out. And through conversations with them, they discover that there is a bunch of things that are wrong with the house that need to be fixed. So it gets very expensive, this but they also have every to pay apartment. Rent. This is yeah. every apartment in New York and a lot of them in Chicago. Exploitation of people for profit. And the fact that most rent- rental properties are now owned by corporations. Um, exactly. So anyway, so this uh, this one, they like they have to pay their rent on time. They're trying to own the home. They think that that's ultimately going to happen or they'll face eviction. It turns out that everyone in their neighborhood has a very similar situation and most of them just get evicted. So then the company keeps the rent and they just end up on the streets. So to meet the costs, they have the children living in the home, Ona and Stanislavos, who is 13 and they wish to send them to school, have to go get a job. And then everybody gets sick over and over again. They can't afford to work. Through the winter, Jurgis's father is weakened by exposure to chemicals and elements in his job and dies. Oh so they're my all like God. crammed in this small house, doing better than a lot of people who are living in tenement housing. And yet they're still getting sick and yeah, dying, and dying. And, yeah. yeah, um, because of their jobs and because of the unclean situations. So obviously this is a very depressing book for a reason, but all of these things were, were happening. Maria meets a musician, uh, which they like. And then Jurgis and Ona have a child, which is wonderful and happiness. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up, yeah, back 15 up. 15-year-old had a kid. She's 16 at this point, probably. Not only that, but what I was fixated on was the musician. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, like just a musician just rolls into town and is now living with him? It just says some levity is brought into their lives by the arrival of a musician. I'm betting they needed the rent money. They got a roommate. <laughs> they got a roommate. They got a, they were like interviewing roommates. They're like, so what do you do? I'm a musician. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Believe me, I've lived through this as an actor trying to find like roommates. Impossible. Like, oh. Impossible. And now you've got a musician roommate. So now you've got somebody like playing the trombone at four mm-hmm. in the morning. Hopefully at a bar making some money. <laughs> does um, the musician die at the end? It's like, does the dog die? Does the have to find die? out? I don't oh. remember the musician at all, actually. Um, so I don't really know. <laughs> he left um, quickly. Okay. He got a gig somewhere else. Yeah, he got a gig somewhere and just ran away. Um, so <laughs> they, uh, their happiness is like struck down pretty fast because a week after having the baby, Ona has to go back to work because they can't afford to not work. And then Maria no. is laid off in seasonal cutbacks and Jurgis discovers unionization of like, um, so he, he, he joins a union meeting and realizes that he's been taken in by a vote buying scheme. Oh no. Um, and then he learns that the meat packing factories are deliberately diseased using diseased meat and that workers frequently come down with ailments related to dangerous and unsanitary work. And from what I remember, it wasn't just unsanitary work. It's exposure to the diseased meat actually makes them sick. Yeah. So it was in addition to that, there were disgusting. Yeah. Because it's happening. It's dead corpses. Like, sorry about anybody who's squeamish about stuff, but there's a big reason why, you know, like during natural disasters and like hurricanes and stuff like that, FEMA has to come in and like clear out all human and animal carcasses immediately because it's incredibly dangerous. Anyone who's grown up in a farming area knows that you cannot leave a dead animal with the other animals. No. Like, that's not, it's not sanitary. It's not good. And these are being not just like they're not just the animals were diseased or the meat is diseased because it's been sitting too long and they were still selling this to people 
And this part sounds very familiar, so I'm just going to read it. Uh, work becomes more demanding as wages fall. The working members members of the family suffer a series of injuries. Amid this hardship, someone deserts them. Jonah, Jonas, sorry, not Jonas deserts them. Um, and then they have to still send their children to work. Um, not that we're sending our children to work, but like uh, the fact that yeah. it is, you know, work becomes more demanding as wages fall. Exactly. And, you know, people are trying to push for probably ineffectively so far um, child labor. So, <laughs> um, yeah. but so they send their children to work as newspaper boys. The youngest child is handicapped and a toddler gets food poisoning and dies. Oh and only God. his mother cares. So at some point, um, Jurgis, the reason he got into union unions and things is because he hurt himself and he's recovered from his injury and he finds a least desirable job at a fertilizer mill and begins to drink because life sucks. Every millennial everywhere. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if I had to work with shit all day, I would too. Yep. And then he starts uh, being wary of Ona's suspicious activity and her failure to return home on several nights um ona eventually confesses that her boss raped her after which threatening to fire her and blacklist everyone in her family he managed to coerce her into continuing a sexual relationship so he's consistently raping her in order for her family to survive oh my god um yurgis furiously attacks her boss at the factory but the rapist gets away with it um and a dozen men tear him off of the guy and then he goes to prison uh, bullshit or, yeah so he is waiting for trial and he realizes it's christmas eve and then the next day his cellmate jack Dwayne, tells him about a criminal venture and gives him an address he testifies connor testifies that he fired ona for having um, impudence and easily denies the accounts so doesn't get nothing happens um oh and then Jurgis is sentenced to 30 days in prison plus court fees so like the thing is and this is a thing with our prison system and people in poverty currently. Yeah. We like to judge harshly, particularly the white we, people who get involved in gangs or feel the need to turn to crime for right. money. But oftentimes they're coerced and pushed into situations where they don't feel like they have a choice. And right. the reality is for much of them, the decisions made before they're even able to form a full sentence you know, you're born into poverty and generational poverty is impactful. And growing up somewhere like Southside Chicago, where the only thing that your family felt that they could do is get involved in gangs or crime in order to support and feed the family. Exactly. That just continues generationally. And without social programming, which is, I think, part of Sinclair's point, without social supports and actual economic changes, right? The, that pattern continues. The cycle exactly. of poverty and the cycle of violence. Yeah. And the cycle of, you know, people who have turned to selling drugs and yeah. then they go, they get arrested, they go to prison for it, and then they get out and they have no other skills yep. other than continuing to sell drugs because that is what they know. That's the easiest And they have no ability to, to get out of the situation because the reality is once you're in those situations and you're right. involved in crime, it is difficult, if not impossible, to get out without taking you and your entire family somewhere far, far away. So I digress, but Jurgis does not. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so he is, Stanislavos uh, visits Jurgis in prison um, and tells him like their family is destitute. They have no options anymore. And Jurgis serves his term plus three days because he has no money and he can't pay the fees. So he has to stay longer, which makes so much sense. Um, you can't oh pay God. for it. So we're going to pay for you to eat here for three more days. Anyway, so he walks an entire day to get home 
only to see that the house has been remodeled and sold to another family and learns from their old neighbor that despite all of the sacrifices that he and their family made, the family had been evicted and returned to the boarding house. So despite everything, they weren't able to keep the house. So he gets there. He hears his wife screaming because she's in premature labor, probably from stress. And Maria explains that the family has no money for a doctor. He convinces a midwife to assist, but it's too little too late. The baby is dead. And with one last look at Jurgis, Ona dies shortly afterwards. No. she What? She's like and 17 then, now? Yeah. And then the children come home with money because they've been working all day. And no. then Jurgis takes it and it gets trashed. Oh, yep. This is like some Angela's ashes shit right here. I we mean, haven't covered that yet, but like, oh my God, we need to. Because yeah. it's depressing as fuck. It is, and- but it's so good. Yeah, But it's also another reality. We like to pretend the poverty doesn't happen right. and that these things don't continue to plague people around the world. Like right. and at the Angela's Ashes and The Jungle were written at different times and different points in history. Right. The reality is, yeah. But the reality is that those issues that they deal with are are not the same exactly, but the underlying issues of lack of social support and prioritization of corporations and the wealthy is a consistent thing throughout at least American history, if not world history, right? that we choose not to address. And so, the cycle of poverty that other people benefiting from the poor people not being able to get out of a cycle mm-hmm. of poverty. Exploitation of labor. Yeah. Like everyone thinks that the, um, the like, you know, when they banned abortion, yeah. um, all of these companies saying that they would pay for women to get abortions. I'm not saying that we should have banned abortion because fuck that. Right. Um, But if you've listened to our podcast, you all know how we feel. Yes. (laughs) Also, Supreme Court, what the fuck? Um, They've been on a fucking rampage that is just... mm. Yeah. Anyway. Infuriating. uh, But these companies created those laws because women are their labor force. Because the reality is if a woman has a child, she's less likely to be able to work. But also if people have children, then they are more likely to be locked into a job that they cannot leave because then they cannot feed their child. So you're more likely to you know, work somewhere like Amazon where you have to shit in a bag um, right. than to go find something else because you don't think you have options. So basically, Jurgis was trapped in the 19th century exploitation of labor, 20th century, early 20th century exploitation. Of labor. Anyway, so after getting trashed, um, the next day, Ona's stepmother begs him to think of the surviving child because he does have a son. Um, And then he decides he's going to find employment despite the fact that he's been blacklisted because he beat the hell out of the rapist. Um, Yeah. So he stood up to a rapist and now is blacklisted. Yeah. So he, you know, they get by, he gets excited because his son says his first words. And then one day he comes home to to find that his son has drowned, falling off the rotten boardwalk into no. the muddy street. Yeah. Without shedding a tear, he walks away from Chicago, which I think is fair. He wanders the countryside and like steals food and forages. And like um, in the fall, he returns to Chicago and sometimes he's employed. Sometimes he's just a tramp. So he's homeless. Oh my God. So he, at some point, he randomly finds like an eccentric, rich, drunk person who's the son of the owner of the first factory where he worked. And he entertains him in his luxurious mansion and gives him a $100 bill, which is about three grand at the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Jurgis spends the money at the bar. He breaks his $100 bill at the bar because he is an alcoholic. I mean, um, we the- would too. We can't judge. Yeah. <laughs> 
We would Honey, at that it. point, your wife has died at 17 years old. Both yeah. your children have died. Your entire family is absolutely destitute. There is nothing you can do to save them. I'm going to be drunk forever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to be sober again. Yeah, no, What's never again. The point. Um, so when the bartender cheats him out of money, he attacks him. Jurgis attacks the bartender and he goes back to prison where he wants to meet, wants to meet, once again meets Jack Dwayne, which whose name I just enjoy, Jack Dwayne. Yeah, that is. <laughs> and this time, because he has no family to anchor him, he's screwed over. So he turns to a life of crime. He mugs well-off men with Jack. Um, he splits the loot worth over 20 times a day's wages from his first job. Oh my so he's God. making 20, time the, 20 times the money by mugging one person. Um, and though his conscience is pricked by learning the man's injuries in, in the next day's paper, he justifies himself by it being a dog-eat-dog world. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So he navigates a life of crime. He learns that it includes a lot of corruption of the police. He becomes a vote fixer for wealthy politi- political powerhouse. Oh, um, Cri- yet again, crime benefiting politicians. Yeah. And Chicago is well known for its political corruption. Like yeah. people, you know, it's the Windy City. People always make jokes about the wind here. It's not the Windy City for the wind. It's Windy City for the things that come out of politicians mouth. Um, <laughs> yes. So Scully arranges for many new Slavic immigrants to vote according to his wishes, which is what happened to Jurgis when he got his vote bought. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now he's doing it to other people. Yeah, now he's doing it to other, other people. Um, oh. And then on top of that, he had to take a job to influence those people. He had to take a job as at a factory and continues as a strike breaker. So a strike breaker is like, let me see if yeah. I can find it concise. Yeah, is the person who works despite a strike. He's a scab. Right. So... um which is what happened when Amazon, when they had all of those humanitarian yeah. issues, they hired scabs. They well, hired them Starbucks at much higher too. wages. Huh? Starbucks too. Yeah. They ha- what happens is when you get a scab, you hire them at higher wages than it's a- an additional exploitation of labor and an exploitation of the poor because you hire them at a higher wage. So people who are desperate can't say no, they need the money and there's now a new job available. So they take those jobs, they cross the picket lines and they undermine the entire workers' right movement. Exactly. Um, yes. And this is it's happening. a fear-based issue. Yeah. Yeah. This is happening right now as well. Um, with the the WGA, the writer's strike. Mm-hmm. And uh also um th- this probably does not apply to anybody other than entertainment <laughs> industry people, but uh also happening with the possible as of like July 12th actor strike. There are actors that are union and actors that are non-union and like production companies know that they can always make the roles yeah. non-union and those and then, non-union actors mm-hmm. will fill those roles and get the pay, but that doesn't help any of us. Don't no. do that. What it does is it undermines it undermines the union, which I'm not I know that there are a lot of issues with unions. We need more yeah. regulation around unions, but the reality is the reason that we have close to a nine to five work week is because of unions. And the right. reason we don't have an actual nine to five work week anymore is because we have undermined all of our union. Yes. If your employer couldn't take advantage of you without consequences, then they wouldn't. There are no right. consequences, which is the is- issue that Jurgis is facing. Yep. But this kind of gratifying. Um, he uh, finds Connor again, the man who raped his wife um, and attacks him again. Hell yeah. Yeah. He's like, you fucker. (laughs) He discovers that his buddies cannot fix the trial because Connor is an important figure under Scully with the help of the friend 
he posts and skips bail. So Yurgis skips bail. That's great. But uh, Connor's, you know. Oh, I thought. Okay. So Yurgis gets bail. I think so. Yeah. That's what it says. It just says with the help of a friend, he posts and skips bail. I think it's talking about Yurgis. Um, With no other options, he returns begging and chances upon a woman who had been a guest at his wedding. He finds Maria and then because with her help um, and then he finds out that it is a brothel that is being raided by the police. Maria says she was forced into prostitution in order to feed her children and herself after they'd gotten sick. And Stanis, this is the part I remember very vividly. Stanislavos, who is 13, is a kid who like gives, he like gives beer to the people working at the company. So like the people working in the factory, he's been giving them alcohol. And then one night he gets drunk, falls asleep, passes out at work and is eaten by rats. Ew. Yeah. Oh, nasty. It is disgusting. And he's a child. And if I remember right, what they did with his body was just push it into the vat. Yes. Uh, That's the part that I remember is that like there were a lot of like children and also adults whose like fingers, toes, body parts, entire bodies sometimes are just being like dumped into the meat mush. Yeah. Dumped into the meat, cooked into bread or whatever, and and then served to people. Sold to people, not even just served. Yeah. Sold to people as cow or pork or, you know. Exactly. um, Beef or pork, not cow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, and so as is common then and now with human trafficking and prostitution, they often get them addicted to drugs in order to keep them there. So Maria is addicted to heroin and can't save money, can't really feed her kids anymore because she has an addiction and she's now buying her heroin. Oh my Um, God. Jurgis goes to some political meeting and starts to fall asleep and a woman wakes him up saying if you would try to listen comrade perhaps you would be interested okay that's kind of condescending yeah a little bit but (laughs) (laughs) if I was sleeping and somebody woke me up and told me that I'd be like ma'am ma'am I'm just here to be warm yeah but it works a seat (laughs) I like yeah no I having been as hot as I have been these past five days I have been lots of places just to take advantage of the free AC. <laughs> and if somebody was trying to like kick me out, oh, the, the circle Girl, of hell that I would unleash. library. I did. I did. Okay, I, well, not, not only did I go to a library, I, I, I found a Barnes and Noble that I had never been to before. And I sat on like the top floor of a Barnes and Noble for like four hours. So two things that I've learned in my life, public libraries will let anyone in at any time for any time, anytime during open hours. And you can sit there with doing absolutely nothing and they don't care. Also sick temples will feed you. If you go into one, you say, I cannot eat. They, one of the tenets of their religion is to feed people. They will feed you. Yeah. That's amazing. I love Mm -hmm. that. So if you're ever hungry, find the closest Gurdwara. I'm saying it wrong, but Gurdwara, it's sick temple. If you're hot or cold, go to a library. I love it. Very handy. I love it. So, okay. So he's, Jurgis is like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, And seeks out the orator and figures out it's socialism. It's what the person is talking to. It's a Polish socialist who takes him into his home, talking to him about socialism. <laughs> it was Bernie Sanders. It was Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I don't know. If, is Bernie Sanders Polish? I don't know. Honestly. I'll Google it. I have to go- yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll um, Google it while you talk. It's the Bernie of his time. Anyway, so he... uh Jurgis returns to the home of Ona's stepmother and converts her to socialism. She goes along with it, 
because it motivates him to find work. And she's like, fuck it. We just need money. Like this guy's got to find a job. He uh, finds a job at a hotel run by his organizer of the socialist party. And he dedicates the rest of his life to the cause of socialism. So the like moral of the story is supposed to be that we should take care of everyone else and thus be a socialist country. What people heard is that small children are getting shoved into their meat. Oh my God. But there's also one thing I think is interesting and probably the reason that one of the big reasons that this is how it came out is some of the original photos that were in the um, articles, articles, the chapters that were published right. are of the meatpacking industry, which oh, looks wow. disgusting. Yeah. And it's on the wiki. Yes. I see them. Oh my God. And so these were, sorry, I might've missed it. These were, these are from a photographer and they were published like along, like as supporting I think they were published with something. Along yeah, like as it. Upton Sinclair. This just says publishing. beef industry in the 1900s by a Chicago-based photographer. But from what I understand, there were some. And you can also like there are pictures of Chicago and the meat meat markets and the cattle pen um, in the stockyard. So like back of the yards, back of the yards yeah. is back of the stockyards. So a lot of these things were there. there. Chicago has a very interesting history when it comes to unionization and violence around workers' rights. Yeah. Wow. So Roosevelt. Uh, fun facts. Um, Roosevelt called Sinclair a crackpot because his, of his political socialist position. Oh um, my God. Yeah. He wrote to William Allen White expressing doubts about the accuracy of Sinclair's claim saying, I have an utter contempt for him. He is hysterical, unbalanced, and untruthful. Three fourths of the things he said were uh, absolute falsehoods. For some reason, the remainder there was only the basis of truth. Okay. Well, yeah. And then he read The Jungle, I guess. After reading The Jungle, Roosevelt agreed with some of Sinclair's conclusions. The president said radical action must be taken to do away with the efforts of arrogant and selfish group on the part of capital. Well, that's good. Yeah. At least it like had some major influence there. Yep. Um, one of the problems was that like after the this was published, there were a lot of there was invest there were investigations um and people knew about them ahead of time, just like happens um, with corporations um, and they had their workers clean everything and make it look better. Of um, course they did. One great modern example is Shein. Everybody knows what Shein is. Yes. Shein just invited a bunch of, bunch of influencers into their innovation center and made it all shiny and pretty so that they could pretend that they don't have slave or child labor. Yep. So that's, that's fun. Um, that is the jungle. And uh, yes. my apologies for being so depressing. I Christian. <laughs> oh my God. I know every, th- I'm going to start deciding who goes first because I feel like, I feel like. But I knew yours was going to be so long. Mine... I, I've read, I mean, I, I know Dante's Inferno is so, and this is figurative hell. And I felt like it was like better to end on a realistic note and a, I guess a lesson learned maybe. It's clearly not. Yeah, it it is a lesson. It is a lesson learned and good. Well, some good did come out of it, I guess, for like health code violations and stuff like that. (laughs) I can give you a fun fact um, that is kind of (laughs) funny. Do you know what uh, the investigative journalists were called in the early 20th century? Spies. Muckrakers. Oh. (laughs) a muckraker. Oh, I also did Google and I found one article that said that Bernie Sanders was like his ancestral home of Poland. But then I found one that said he's from Vermont, but I'm pretty sure he's from Brooklyn. No, he's from Vermont. He's from, Girl. wait, but then. He's a son. <laughs> I thought he was from Brooklyn. Maybe he grew up there. I don't know. I don't actually know anything about his childhood, but let's see. He's, all right, let's. let's we got to get this. it right because you know he listens. <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. <laughs> um, He serves as a senator currently in Vermont, which is why I think 
that I was like, uh, oh, okay. He is born. He was born into a working class Jewish family and raised in Brooklyn, borough of New York City. So he is from Brooklyn. He went to college in Brooklyn. And then he graduated from the University of Chicago. So he went to college in New York and in Chicago. Interesting. But is his family from Poland? I feel like it's irrelevant. Is it, it is. Personal life. Okay, hang on. Here we go. Um, his father was born in Austrian Galicia. It is then part of Astro- the Astro, Austro, not Astro, Austro-Hungarian Empire <laughs> that is now Poland. There you go. Yes. This is now a Bernie Sanders podcast. I feel like he's trying to work for like workers' rights. Yes, he is. I love Bernie. He's he's trying. He's doing his best. Okay, my quiz for you. Yes. What is the name of the kid who got eaten by rats? Oh, it's like it's like really long and it's like Stanislavski or something like that. Stanislavus. Stanislavus. See, I didn't even cheat. I didn't even cheat. I was like, it's the. (laughs) What if he was like (laughs) the famous like acting director theorist guy Stanislavski well his career would never have happened because he would have been eaten by rats he would have been eaten by rats I mean Stanislavski did write like almost an entire book about acting where you think it's about acting but it's just about him watching his cat (laughs) oh my god yay well that was very cool Christian thank you for covering that it was depressing and you're not allowed to do we need to do better about we should have done like hell and comedy about hell I feel like we just keep poking. It was called the Divine Comedy. Yeah, but we knew that was a lot. I feel like this says where it's hot as hell. <laughs> That's what this episode should be called. Hot as hell. Hot as hell. Not what the hell. Uh, one or the other. They both work. Um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like we we both keep picking depressing things, but they're like social commentary, which tells you where we're at with like the world. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. We uh our podcast is often referred to as uh having its what is it? Having your ear on the pulse of America. <laughs> so we, many people refer to us that yeah, way. Yeah, so many people. Like so we many, are we stand for the workers in the United States. So many dozens of people have mm-hmm. uh talked about how we're just agents for social change here. There are dozens of them. Dozens. Tours. Yeah, there is exactly one dozen people yeah. who listen to this podcast who really <laughs> think that we are just like saving. We're like Captain Planet over here. I'm so hot. <laughs> I can't. Oh, my God. Don't die. I, okay. What I don't know is how you sleep. I have such a hard time sleeping. I haven't been sleeping. It's been so bad. I wake up like every hour on the hour. I'm drenched in water. I have to like cover my, I have a t-shirt that I'm sleeping in and I have to cover it in water. So I'm like cold when I go to bed. So the fan is blowing on me and making me colder. It's yeah, so bad. that's it's, awful. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I think it's time to wrap up. Sounds good to me. Yay. Well, this is fun, everybody. Thank you for going to hell with us, both literal and figurative hell. We went on a three-day bender. <laughs> to hell and back again. To hell and back. And then we went to Chicago to the... Uh, back of the yards meatpacking district yeah. that was that was disturbing and sad we barely survived but then we got some socialism and it made us better mm-hmm. socialism makes everything it does it does sometimes it can get like a little violent and like war-y but but, but i mean rights... that's not pure socialism honestly pure socialism is really a dream yeah communism is not so that's true i i would ha- i'm so hot i would have to google the difference <laughs> 
<laughs> because I like I do remember that in high school trying to figure out what the difference between the two of them was and then I I just memorized it to pass the test and then I didn't think about it again until it was like oh no the country is falling apart I should google that yeah. again which is <laughs> further commentary on the public school system it taught us to use google and little else right Okay, but we should wrap up. (laughs) Yes, we should. All right. Uh, We are two English majors on all social media. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss anything. Yeah, so you don't miss anything. You want to find out about like every time a new episode drops, every 23rd of every month. Christian just hit her microphone again. It's the gnats. He landed on my microphone. I am playing. I don't know what I've done. Christian is plagued with gnats. It is what it is. Oh my God. Okay. Well, next month we'll give the gnat a name. (laughs) JK, it'll be dead. They only live like 24 hours. True. But yeah. Awesome. I'm Kathleen Brumbeck on all social media. And Uh, I'm Christian Lutz. Yes. Christian Lutz on all social media. Two English majors walk into a bar on all social media. Follow us. Like and subscribe to our podcast. And we love you. Bye. Majors Walk Into a Bar is produced by Kathleen Brumbach and Christian Lutz. Cover art by Bobby Lutz and sound design by Matt Fletcher.